What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. I'm your host, Steve McCutcheon, along with my two co-hosts, Michael Nowen and Vito Anazelli. we got a great show for you today covering the United States men's national teams, World Cup qualifiers. we got the Premier League coming back, Nations League, everything mm. right now. So mm. before we get started, take a moment, hit the bell to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Uh, first off, to kind of kick off the news and notes from around the world, we got Mbappe in France winning the UEFA Nations League in a controversial fashion. How do you guys feel about it? Um, well, France in general, getting back to what they're doing, they're winning, uh, which is awesome to see, especially after the failure, I guess you could say, for them of the Euro final, in a sense, or the Euros. Um, World Cup, miss out on the year. I think, what they get? The semifinals or the quarterfinals? Uh, I think only the quarters. 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 Yeah, so knocked out, yeah. Win a World Cup, quarterfinals of the Euros, win the inaugural, or not the inaugural, but the second year of the Nations League. So it's, it's still a trophy, still something to you know, be proud of. Um, definitely trending in the right direction. The second goal, definitely controversial. Mbappe, 100% was offside. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's cool, calm, collected. There's a reason he's probably debatably the most valuable player in the world um, at this moment in time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about VAR more than we, we need to. I think everyone's aware of the <laughs> controversies surrounding it, but this is like watching the USA game in their first round in the world cup qualifiers. A lot of the questions were around uh, why wasn't there VAR mm-hmm. for two of the calls. And then you look at this and you say there was VAR and, still got it wrong so <laughs> does it really matter at this point whether it's whether it's here or not I, I mean every time you think this this takes a step forward in uh the video video technology it just takes one massive step back I mean you're talking about a trophy final in the 80th minute of a game where where Mbappe's a yard and a half off sides and, and I know the reasoning but for anyone who's not aware the reasoning behind it was uh on on the, the ball play through into him it took a slight slight touch off Gabby's foot I think it was Gabby at least. And because of that, it's now technically wasn't their possession. So he couldn't be off sides or something along those lines. And it's like, he's the only player upfield. He's the only player the ball is coming to. And he is undebatably off sides. And for me, that has to be called that. It's not, it's, it's clear as day. It's not like there was another attacker in the position that could be, that can field the ball. And yeah. you can make that argument. So when that's the case, I think it has to be called and that has to go on. So I think Spain's unlucky to lose it. Um, it was a bit of a dull affair in the first half. So I think Spain came out, um, obviously got that first goal. But, you know, France is France. But they were the better team on the field overall at the end of the day. So kudos to them. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think it was Eric Garcia, actually, because he came out Garcia, on uh, okay. social, social yeah. media later on and um, kind of like bitched out at the rest and stuff like that. <laughs> but I, I always thought the rule was like they had to have possession of it before – the offsides is negated afterwards. There like, was no I possession. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I just thought that's how the rule was interpreted. I guess that's clearly not how it is because, I mean, you're not supposed to get it wrong with VAR, so who knows? <laughs> but um, also, quick correction. France actually got knocked out. I just checked it, looked it up. They got knocked out of the round of 16 by Switzerland on penalty. Oh, wow. Good call. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, that, that being said, too, like that whole uh, Nations League in general, like the semifinals, too. I don't know if about anyone saw stepping up. Oh my God. Like the penalty. That, actually, if UEFA has done anything right recently, it's definitely the Nations League. On a side note, those the games, the semifinals, epic. Um, that France game where they they won on penalties, had Mbappe step up, take one. Um, Benzema and Mbappe, that's a partnership, obviously, that's about to happen pretty soon uh, in the near future at Real Madrid. So 
it's cool to see those two linking up. Um, also, Spain, they're going to be a force again pretty soon. Like, their team looks – They're very young very and good. very good. Real good. Yeah. <laughs> so, really good. Then we got some uh, news across in the uh, Premier League. Newcastle buyout begins. And does it finalize yet? I don't know. Yeah, they, they basically complete. announced it. Yeah. Okay, okay. What are you guys thinking? I mean, they pretty much could buy the, the entire Premier League club over, I don't know, 10 times before. I'm terrified. I'm just utterly terrified. <laughs> financial fair play is in effect, right? So, so I'm so afraid. Imagine a financial fair play rule in the Premier League where they're already generating more money than any other league in the world, and now you have owners that are like five times as rich as anyone else on the planet. This is, her- this is terrifying. What I don't understand is you had all of these, and I get it, there's like a commercial aspect to it. You had all of this outlash and all this negative imaging towards like the Super League, which was, you know, built up by money and all this stuff. And now you have a state-sponsored team coming in to buy your team out. And it almost feels like it's almost that like old adage where, hey, if it's happening to me, then I care. But if I'm the one who's kind of giving out that punishment and getting the reward and reaping that benefit, then fuck it. It is what it is. And everyone else can kind of suck it. And that's kind yep. of what I feel like is happening with Newcastle. Not to say they don't deserve it, right? Because like they had to deal they do with have a great fan like, base. And they do have a great fan base. They have a lot of history. Like that's awesome to see. It's not like it's a Man City team coming in who had like nothing prior to getting bought out. But um, shots fired. But, uh, you know, like it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Like I, I'm not a big fan of it myself. But what was interesting about the takeover too was um... – a lot of questions were being raised on who was actually going to be running the club, whether it was the crown prince or the government of Saudi Arabia, like the actual fucking country. The Premier League had to rebut that saying we have legally binding documents that guarantee the kingdom of Saudi Arabia will Bullshit. not be running the club. And I'm like, really, really come on. And Manchester city wasn't signing players and Chelsea weren't signing players like with, with breaking the rules and come on. You ever see the bench warmers where like he hands like that piece of paper? Yeah, I am 12. <laughs> I am 12. <laughs> we are not involved. We yeah, yeah. There's like a $20 bill underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a billion dollars out there and boom, it's they got Messi and Mbappe in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah. I heard that's, that's I heard that's the rumor. Yeah, it's it's a matter of time. You're gonna see them calling it right now. 2026 Champions League winners. Newcastle United, or at least Premier League winners, are going to win something by 2026. How hilarious would it be if they got relegated this year? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't wish that on any any club, like ever. I, I just not that. It would person, be funny. But, like, <laughs> that would be such a swift kick in the dick. It would be unbelievable. <laughs> I wonder what kind of January transfer window they're about to have, though. Oh my God, they're going to spend. They ha- I feel like they're going to spend money. Like, there's no way they don't at this Especially point. if they're in like trouble, but potentially, uh, like if they're close. Yeah. Well, I can also easily depends s- on when they receive control. Like, there's no, ga- I don't, I didn't read, like, I obviously didn't read I think the legality. They, they received full control, like, like immediately. They, immediately. That's what it, like, it, that's what it said. So they have immediate ability to just do whatever they want. There are Steven talks as of this moment in time. He hasn't been sacked yet, but Steve Bruce. They're saying he'll probably be I thought, gone. Yeah, I thought they were already looking at replacements. Yeah, they're saying he'll be gone before the Tottenham game. They're probably going to bring in Lucian Favre. How long until Pep Guardiola goes? They're saying, I've always wanted to manage Newcastle United. <laughs> <laughs> it's been my dream to manage <laughs> Yeah. He's like, wow, you're going to give me more money than City? Mm, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> that I'm right there. They're the real powerhouse of England. Always have been. 
Yeah. Better fan base, though. He doesn't have to call him out to come to the games. So yeah, there's a positive. There. Who do you think their first signing will be? I don't think it's going to be anything tough. spectacular. I think they're going to they're going to target players um, almost like a Connor Gallagher breed where the sky is the absolute limit and you know mm. they have the quality to reach it already and you, you're, you're not going to invest in like a potential flop at this point because they've already proven themselves to that extent. Um, so I think you're going to see players like that, a player like a Bukayo Saka who's young and, and hungry. You're not, I don't think you're going to get Hollands and Mbappes or things like that for a couple of years. Mm. Yeah, you have to find some like really good players that are just money hungry, or yeah, you have to kind of build it up for like a year or two, and then like show them, hey, like we're serious about this, and then like you'll recruit them. And it's one, it, it's it's tough to say what's going to happen first. Carlo mm-hmm. Tevez might be coming out of retirement. <laughs> put it that way. Had to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, he had to go there, but yeah. Fair, fair. Last on the uh, on the news and notes from around the world, we got the Bound Bound Dior uh, releases thirty player short list. What do you guys think? Uh, who's the favorites? Uh, Lewandowski, in my opinion, has to win it for the atrocity that he did it last year. Yeah. Um. He, not even that being said, like he had a phenomenal year this year as well. But broke the record <laughs> for the goals in the season. Yeah, scored a half straight sixteen. I don't, I don't see how Lewandowski doesn't win it. In all honesty. Um. Besides that, I'd probably say Messi as the number two. The number three, uh, I think, would probably be Erling Holland if I had to take a guess. So I don't know. I don't know about that. I I, I do agree with you that I think it, it's Lewandowski's to lose. He does have a, a Lego Ballon d'Or from 2020, though. That's pretty wicked. So he had <laughs> one version of it. Someone built yeah. him a You ever see that? Someone yeah, built him a sick. Lego version. Of, like, it's, it's pretty it's dope. Immaculate too. I was like, shit. <laughs> like, did you sand the edges? But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he wins the Bundesliga, the Pokal, the Club World Cup and the Super Cup. And he scores 48 goals in and nine assists in 40 games and breaks what a 40 year old record on top of that in, yeah. in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely his. I think second behind that has to be Jorginho, I, I, in my opinion. That was going to bring him up. absolutely integral to uh, Italy breaking the record for most consecutive games without a defeat for the international teams wins the euros with them. And then wins the biggest club prize in, um, in the champions league. Um, so I, I think he has to be number two. And then I think number three goes to Lionel Messi for the Copa America and the Copa del Rey. And I mean, when you're taking the Ballon d'Or into account, you also have to just think of sheer brilliance and no, no one else in the world comes close to his stature. So that's why I put him up there as well. Do you think, do you guys think like with Jorginho, individual stats probably not anywhere near the mm, not no. anywhere near the other two honestly do team trophies really make that big of a deal the only time i feel like it has and this was like at least i'm just thinking about like the recent winners like of the Modric, right? yeah it's Modric, and he it wasn't like he had eye-popping stats or anything along those lines but that he was like to your point totally integral to real madrid at that point in time he was by far if, if anyone ever watched him play at that pure prime he was by far the best player on the field. He was a yeah. maestro with the ball. And they almost won the World Cup that year. Yeah, yeah he was second to France. Ex- exactly. So yeah. I can see that, like that argument for why Jorginho. Do I think he's at that Modric level? Do I ever think he will be? No, but not no offense to Jorginho. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think he's definitely deserved a call-up on this list. Do I think he's the second best option? Most Maybe not, but I think that's also – this might be me being a little – Let's just say uh, anti Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I honestly don't think he deserves it. In in in, in my opinion, I, I would take Lewandowski every day of the week. And and I think it's, I think it's the best individual player in a, like award. At least that's how I view the Ballon d'Or. And 
dude, dude had an incredible season and should have won the previous one too. So yeah, I, I, I was, I actually was in love with it when Modric ended up winning that year. Um, I know like players like Ronaldo were not happy about that, but I, for me, the Ballon d'Or has to be a blend between individual accomplishments and the most valuable player on, on a team that also helps the team progress. Like you're, like mm-hmm. we said, your Modric did it. They go to the world cup final. He yeah. won the champions league that year. And without Modric, that team, neither of those teams accomplished that. And I think the same mm-hmm. thing is true of the Chelsea team with Jorginho, which is why I have them high on the list is because Italy, every time Jorginho was not in Italy, they were like, they weren't, they weren't clicking as, as seamlessly. And when he wasn't playing for Chelsea, it was the same way. So I think if you're going to help your team to that while the honors, yeah, aren't there. Mm-hmm. I think the teams don't win what they win without those types of players. Now, with that mm-hmm. being said, the same thing can be said of Lewandowski, in my opinion. Do Bayern Munich win the Champions League without Lewandowski? Maybe, but with him, absolutely that year, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the only reason his international team is somewhat relevant at this point, to be honest with you, too, after that last World Cup. But, yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear he's going to win. <laughs> and if he doesn't, that would be two robberies in, like, three years. So, Agreed, agreed. Let's head over to, uh, I guess, the good, the bad, and the ugly with the United States World Cup qualifying going on. <laughs> um, we'll kick it off with the good. We'll, we'll start there. We had a 2 nothing win over Jamaica. Honestly, really good game uh, at home for the U.S. Ricardo Pepe knocked in two goals. I thought he separated himself as the striker uh, for the future for the U.S. compared to some of the other number nines that we have. Outshot, outpossessed, outcreated Jamaica. What were your guys' takes on it? Good win. Definitely. That's what you wanted to see after coming out of that initial round of qualifying there's a lot, there was a lot of talk about, you know, we've spoken about it ourselves, whether or not this team was up to the task, whether or not Burl throws up to the task. That first game they came out and they put on a very, very good performance. So it was what you wanted to see from them for a while. Carlo Pepe looks, looks great. And I don't like to say this because it's so early into his career. He's only had, what, two games with the international team. But I truly think that at this point, that striker position is his to lose. We've seen enough of Josh Sargent in the Bundesliga and the Premier League and in the international team that Ricardo Pepe just came out and did in two games what Josh Sargent has been trying to do for the past two years, in my opinion. Zardes is getting older. He's not the future anymore. I mean, it, it, I think it really is his to lose. He played a great game. Obviously, Aronson looked fantastic, outshot, outpassed. I, it was just what you wanted to see from that team in and out, and we'll get to it later. But uh, I don't know if how, how long we're going to be able to keep that up. Yeah. I mean, from the highlights I was able to watch from the game and the minimal amount, but there was obviously some star standout performances with Aronson, Musa, Dest, right? Pepe. They all looked really good, but part of me, especially, and we'll get into this in a second after the Panama game makes me think, was that just the blip? Was that like, Hey, we're playing a bad Jamaica team. Who's missing Leon Bailey. Who's missing Mikel Antonio. And granted, there was even opportunities for Jamaica in that game. Like there was a couple saves Turner did have to make. And if he doesn't make them, that's a different scoreline we're looking at. So do I think that it obviously is a good result? The win, three points? Yes. Is that potentially like, I'm just trying to phrase this the right way, but do I think that that's the expectation we should be having for that team? I don't know, because especially after that game against Panama, like, Obviously, especially there was a heavy rotation, things of that nature. It was um, eye-opening, to say the least. So, mm-hmm. 
I got you. I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's what U.S. fans really want to see, though, from the first round of qualifying where we kind of just dominated a game from start to finish in a game we feel we should have won, especially at home. Yeah. So I guess that was like the biggest thing looking forward. Like that was very positive and yeah. how we played. Speaking of Panama, I, I want to wait a long to get into this. I don't, I don't know how I still feel about it. Um, all right, we got a shit. We got a shitload to unpack here. <laughs> the only pros I could find from the game personally, Musa and Wea started just started the game, and Zimmerman has been been good in both of the the outings so far for the defenders. Any other pros you guys saw from Panama? Uh, Greg Berhalter's back pass. That's about it. <laughs> was that, I thought that was Jamaica, though. No, Jamaica. Sorry, he has good form. I will say that he has. All good right, form. so it wasn't even in Panama, though. So that's <laughs> <insane>. Jamaica. <laughs> the Jamaica. <laughs> I, to be honest, I think the only pro that came out of that game was now we know what we shouldn't be doing. But the only problem is we. I feel like we've been saying that every round of qualifiers. I, I didn't. See, I mean, we we had zero shots on target. Five shots in total, which is the lowest amount of shots in a World Cup qualifying since 2013 for this team. This is the first time we've ever lost to Panama. Like, or maybe second time. I think it's the first it's time the we've third, lost away. It's the third time total, first time in a qualifier. First time in a qualifier. That's what it was. No, there, there, there wasn't, like, anything. I mean, the, the team selection was – sorry, we'll get into the cons. That was the pros? Okay, that was it. <laughs> I don't know. To drop a performance like that pretty much four years to the date, it was it was lost. exactly four years. It was when Panama when went you, into the World Cup and we lost. Yes. So when you lose to Trinidad and Tobago and to pull that shit, I mean, that's just that's embarrassing. I'm gonna be honest. That's beyond embarrassing. And it, that comes down, in my opinion, to Burl Halter not being able to set the team up tactically right, put the right players in. I understand people are tired, some people are injured. You have to make some rotations because it's very fast and furious with the fixtures, but these players, sh- he should know for a fact, like, you know, Panama's no slouch, right? Like, they're, they're a good team overall. Like, we like, didn't have to go, like, make any sense. So yeah. Best, like, best of 11 as you can as possible. Exactly. Like, you have to be playing that team consistently and form that level of consistency. And to not do that is mind-boggling to me. Like, to leave out Tyler Adams, to leave out Aronson in the beginning, to leave Pepe. out Pepe, who just is on fire yeah. right now. Like what? Like what, why? Like what are you? What are you doing? Yep. So I'm with you where there has to be rotations, and I'm not disagreeing. My problem is with the rotations in the sense that we have Boozy on the bench, Hop on the bench, uh, De La Torre on the bench, Aronson was didn't start, Pepe didn't start, Conrad's not there, Joe Scally is not there, Desk is on the bench. Like, how do you look at the line of the like you handed that card into like to the officials and we're like, yep fucking nailed it like it doesn't make any sense yeah. well i think you tweeted it perfectly on the account you said like what's bro halter smoking right from that lineup he must have gotten a little bit of stuff from the jamaican squad after the end of that game because it's the only explanation he was smoking some pretty good stuff to come up with that lineup. <laughs> it just it, it like here's the thing you have musa in the midfield as an attacking guy going forward then you have acosta playing that numbers what do you want to call it six where i guess with the like we're yeah, where adams plays. usually plays I'm okay with it counting Acosta playing. Like, I actually, if you're going to pull some any of the MLS guys, I do think he's capable, but he's capable as a backup. Like, he's definitely behind Adams on the depth chart, and he's showing play there when Adams is not. His touches were horrible. He played an awful game. That's besides the point, but I do think he's he's one of the few that might be worthy of it. Linjet is the one that absolutely – I, I want to throw my remote through the TV watching him. 
Musa's made, like, I counted at least on three occasions. I actually ended up rewatching the game and I wasted three hours of my life and it was miserable every second. <laughs> um, th- at least on three occasions, Musa was making a driving run through the midfield, laid it off to Linjet, and every time just backwards. And that's when he was making an attacking run. And that's not counting all the other times he just goes, I don't think this man turns around with the ball. Like, I don't know. Like, when you guys watch him, he doesn't, he takes it, looks backwards, defender, pass, done. He doesn't take the ball and turn and like go on the counterattack at all. It's the most nuts thing. I, I guess there's a sense of when there you should be playing possession against certain teams. And I don't disagree with that, but we have plenty of other guys capable of doing that and also going forward. Yeah. Um, you, you, one thing I thought I found funny because my, my biggest problem was the lineup choice, just like you guys. Did you see Berhalter's comments after the game regarding team selection, in particular Tyler Adams? So arrogant, dude. Uh, what, what did he say? He's, he says, he says prior to the camp, uh, Tyler had him been playing for regularly for his team. You know, he had a little bit of an injury and he was in and out of the lineup. So he said, now to ask a player who hasn't played much like that in the last three weeks to go play 390s, I wasn't comfortable with that. If you okay, if he has an injury, fine. Here's the problem: you brought him in for the second half. Injury couldn't have been that bad. What's an extra forty-five minutes? Secondly, did you talk to the player? No, you you clearly took this into your own your own decision, which you have the right to do. You're the coach, but with no Pepe, no Giorena, no Weston McKenney, no Christian Pulis, arguably your next best player, you're just going to leave on the bench and then go. Oh, actually, we need you now to go play defensive midfield. I was wrong the he's first probably half, the, you're injured. But he's you probably the that. most important out of all of them. Yes. It, uh, like, all, uh, that that, that yeah. logic doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And you that's the most obvious decision to make. So everything else, it just it throws everything haywire. You would think, given the form that Adams has been playing for the U.S., he'd be just not even a yeah, It's automatic. Yeah. He's the captain at that point. Yeah, he's, he's automatic. Like, he's the heartbeat yeah. of that team. Literally, the heartbeat. And he then said he, he, he'll be fully ready to go to play a full 90 against Costa Rica. Okay, so he wasn't prepared to play three 90s, but he's prepared to play two and a half 90s. He did what, that. What's he, the difference? Why don't, you, why don't you ask him? I'm not 100% on this. To play? I'm not 100%, but I'm almost positive he played all 90 minutes, all three games last, last did. window, didn't he? He did. Yeah, and he that was great. with a knock, I thought. I thought he yes. wasn't even 100%. Yes, yeah. I, I his guy's his a freaking idiot, dude. Choices were baffling. I, I mean, I, I know that Anthony Robinson didn't travel because uh, of the UK that, guidelines. You can't have it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's whatever. Yeah, that's fine. McKenny Strain, understandable. You're not going to play unfit guys. Yeah. Right? That's fair. But if McKenzie they're unfit, then you couldn't bring them in. And if McKenny was unfit, I'm sorry, if Adams was unfit, he shouldn't have came in, but you did. So clearly you knew you made a mistake because you had to rectify that right at the beginning of the second half with what two or three two, it was two 46 minute changes and then a, a triple substitution the 68 after he already went down it's it just like he was always trying to chase the game and i understand the need f- for rotation but pepe has two goals uh, three goals in two matches he's playing and lights out three for the team right now and he was consistently looked fantastic in the hold-up play against an arguably stronger jamaica side which you were clearly lacking and i understand you thought zardis was going to do that but he didn't why are you not playing your best lineup in must-win games? That's that's my main question. It, it is a must. And now if you look at it too, which makes it worse, if you look at the standings, it's Mexico at 11, mm-hmm. U.S. in second at 8, and then it's what, Panama? Panama five, with 8. Panama with 8, and then Canada with 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four draws. And then, and then Costa Rica, who we're about to play next, and now an actual must-win game. Yep. An actual must-win game. And a stronger side. Yeah, and they're, I think, at 6 or 5. 
they are without Joel Campbell and another big starter. I forget. I forget though off the top of my head. But, but now, but now you're putting that pressure on the team where it shouldn't have to be there in that final game. If you and on himself, and not, exactly, and it doesn't make any sense why you would do that to like wh- why do that to yourself we, uh, and put that mental pressure on you. If this was over right now and we didn't make the World Cup, I wouldn't sit here all the. Dep- I wouldn't sit here saying, "Oh, you know, it sucks." You know, that I tell you the truth. Right now, we don't deserve to go to the World Cup. We are no. losing games against teams like Panama. And no disrespect to Panama. I, I, you, they played a better game. But when you think about teams that are a force or having to have a remote shot at progressing to the World Cup, not a single team outside of Mexico comes to mind in this, in this division. Not a single one. And we are going to Panama away looking to draw the game. That was what they he got, went there to do. He went there for I a never, draw 100%. on the road, and, they, and he and they still got couldn't do it. Steamrolled in the last steamrolled. Played arguably yeah. the worst game they played in eight years, and yeah. and you want to, I, I wanted, I wanted to give him more time. We said it before. I said, give him this round. After that performance, I don't even want to give him the next game. I'm he doesn't you, win I'm the next you. game. Win it. He's out. Period. That's gonna be my next couple of questions for you guys. Draw loss, one hundred percent. He's fired. Draw, draw I would imagine he'd be draw fired. I, I would say he he has to win. In all honesty, like, he has there's to go. no because there, at this point too, like you could tell just watching them. Like sometimes they have a game plan, and then when he makes these changes, there's no. It's like everybody just there's goes no fluidity. Depth. There's mm-hmm. no fluidity. There's no tactics Nothing. behind it. You can't really tell what they're trying to do, and it's hard to decipher. Mm-hmm. There is no so, team press going forward. Every guy was like, playing in a, a different individual game on offense. It it was literally just it was Musa trying to get the ball from the defenders through the midfield by himself and up to the attackers, where hopefully someone was just waiting. And then if he got to Zarda, Zarda such a took a, such a bad touch, went five feet in front of him, and we lost it. Yeah, I was actually again, excited. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was gonna say again, like if you want to make changes and rotate, fine, do it, but put the best starting eleven out there as much as you can, and then bring those guys in yeah. for the last. 25 minutes last 30 minutes to get them rest hopefully when you're up one nothing or two nothing and you can kind of ride it out at that point sir alex ferguson just got caught on camera saying the same thing about ole's starting 11 when he left ronaldo and everyone on the bench <laughs> or whatever it was and with the last manchester united game i think it was against everton yep. you, you, they caught him in the stands mouthing the same thing saying to khabib nonetheless what the fuck is khabib doing there um, but <laughs> he's like he's, he's like you have they caught him saying you have to put your best 11 on the field he goes there's no reason not to. You worry about tiredness or, or whatnot later. You you have enough players to rotate for this game. You have enough players to rotate later when they're tired. Win games now. Worry about that later. It, there's, there's no reason. I know that sounds stupid. I get it. But you just made, what, five, six changes? You seven. couldn't make a it couple seven, later? A couple now? Do, do something strong. Yeah, it, it's mind-boggling, that decision. And who, who was it when we um, – we won the game four. Was it El Salvador? We won the game four one. We brought like a couple super subs off the bench. Which H- were Honduras. Goals. Honduras. That was the same problem. The only the only difference is that outcome was different. He brought in yeah. those guys that should have been on the field, like the Aaronses and whatnot, and it worked out and that d- time. And they delivered. And he didn't exactly. work out this time. He got let off the hook once, but this is the same issue every exactly. single round. You're talking about three games, not thirty eight. Put your strongest eleven. Yeah, I never want to see Ariola. And Linjet ever again, Zardas only if there's like four injuries to strikers. Yeah, I understand the hate for Ariola not being able to finish. That being said, in the first game, he did a really good job. And I don't want to shit on him too much. He did a good job pressing and doing what he was good at. 
In terms of the final product, obviously that's not his area of strength and that's where he could improve as a player. But like, I mean, to, to your point, like some of these players, like you almost get the feeling that they're comfortable, but they're not pushing themselves beyond like, they're like, Hey, like we're playing for the U S like, mm-hmm. and we're going to treat everything else as like, eh, but like. Ariel's um, only thing is like, he gives a shit ton of effort and which is good. Yeah. And don't get me. That's yeah. fine. He should not start. If you Great. bring him on, it's in like the 75th, 80th minute when we're already up one, nothing or two, one, we want to hold the lead the shit out of and just exactly, yeah, exactly. That's the only thing that man is good for at the international level. And I'm sorry to say that not a bad guy personally, but just, He's he, he's not up to that standard. I'm getting like Bob, Bob, not Bob Bradley, Michael Bradley vibes. Where every time he was in the starting eleven, I was like, I "Why? Cringe. Why are you here right now? You haven't done anything decent in like six years." I'm not saying that about Ariola. I'm saying that about every time I look at this lineup, I'm like, I just don't understand anything. I just don't get it. No, nah, I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm curious to think too. How much of this is a United States Soccer Federation? problem and wanting to grow or wanting to have mls players in there because did you guys see the north city managers uh comment on sergeant yeah no i, I didn't know, see that i don't know how much of that was was that like actual his comments like he was quoted saying that or was that just something like via from all the newsletter the newsletters i read and just articles yes it was it was him saying it so basically Vito, he said um the reason Sarger wasn't picked was the United States Soccer Federation wanted to focus on growing the game in the US and having their players in the MLS play in these qualifiers. I, it's hard for me to really dispute that given the selection, the we saw. but there are injuries. I understand that. And MLS players, we, we, we kind of talked about it last week. They're at their end of their season. So they are more match fit ready and more sharp at the moment than European players. But at the same time, you, you, any day you get in the week, you, you pick the European guys any day. They're Surgeon there for a reason. To their, to, just to play devil's advocates. It's not like sergeants in the greatest form right now. I agree. Either. Let's just throw that out there and be transparent. I agree, I but Borealter like, is also an MLS coach. Yeah. He's, he likes the MLS guys, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but he, you can tell at times he's definitely a little predisposed. Agree. And it could be because he knows them. He's a little bit more comfortable with them, yeah. and I understand. But to, to believe in home, P-Folk, um, yeah. Scally, Conrad, De, uh, De La Fuente, mm-hmm. like, bro. What the hell are you doing? Not even close. And then to what not the start hop, like, like, if he want like, I the entire game I was just thinking in my head if Musa had Conrad to his on the right wing or or way on the right Conrad on the left Hoppy on the right Hoppy on the left what what either combination of just those three guys right there he has outlets and then yep. Pepe and the striker like it just does, or Pifo gets striker if he wants to hold the ball up and like knows artists like at least with that front four we probably get a nick of gold at the very least a shot on target <laughs> like. I'm, I'm tired of seeing Ariola that far up the field too, all the time. I'm I'm just kind of tired of Ariola. Yeah, so he's it's a placeholder. Tough. He just doesn't do much. Well, for Greg's sake and at least our sakes of not going insane, hopefully they win <laughs> for uh, for multiple reasons. Would you guys be shocked if he gets fired after a win? Still, I'd be shocked if he gets fired after a win. If he gets fired after a loss or a draw, no, yeah, wouldn't be shocked. I would I would be a little surprised also, but I don't if if it did happen that way, I also wouldn't be upset about it. Like I I do think he has to go. I I think regardless of that, it's kind of he's kind of in a Ronald Koeman situation to me. Like unless you won every game for the next ten games at this point, you're still gonna face it. Yeah. 
No, that's, that's a good point. I just, it's curious. I'm just wondering who they bring in if they go down that route. And I'm assuming like they probably have some type of contingency plan or something on those lines, but we'll see. They got a month have, to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Point. You'd have to have someone ready and willing, like you've already been talking to. And like just and and to actually make that call and pull the trigger because you can't just put an interim coach and be like, oh, I hope we qualify now for the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So we got another game Wednesday. It's against Costa Rica at home. Hopefully, we're a little bit more full strength and a much better lineup. Um, that's enough of shitting on the United States team and mostly Burhalter in general, though. So let's get some more happier vibes and uh, move on over to the bowl predictions and uh, check out the Premier League games in the upcoming week. Sounds good. Uh, the early game on Saturday: Watford hosting Liverpool. Uh, let's go with Liverpool here. <laughs> Next. Yeah. Shot in the dark, but I'm going to go with the pool. Uh, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need too much explaining on that yeah, one. Yeah, let's just, just move on. Move Sorry, Watford. I love you, but. No, you don't. I do like Watford. I'm a big, I, I like Sar a lot. I'm a big fan of Maya Sar. And when they get relegated, he'll be sold off to one of the remaining teams. Got it. Probably Newcastle. Probably Newcastle. Probably. That's what I. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Next up, we got Ashton Villa hosting Wolves. Actually, really good game on paper. Um, should be interesting. I would definitely want to check this one out when if when it's on TV. But given the form both teams are in, Villa coming off a loss, Wolves coming off the win, Raul Jimenez is clicking, Chan is clicking. Um, I, I think Jimenez, I haven't seen him play for Mexico, but I or what his like kind of reviews have been since he's been back. But at least for Wolves, he's been good. I'm going to ride the Wolves train still. I think they get a 1-0 win against Villa. I'm going opposite direction. And honestly, probably closer to the same scoreline, maybe like a 2-1, 2-0. But I think this is going to be uh, Aston Villa's game. They're, they should be home at Villa Park if uh, memory serves, right? They are. They're hosting. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with them in this one. I, I think while Wolves, to Mike's point, have looked good, they haven't put it together yet. And until they do, <laughs> I'm having a hard time justifying that. Bailey's supposed to be back for that game, correct? I know he was questionable. Yeah, he he was talked about being out until after the international break. So the last thing I heard was he should be back in the lineup. Not guaranteed, obviously, anyone's guess, but. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm going to take a 1-1 one, one draw. I, I could see either team nicking a winner at the same time, but I think they're very evenly matched, uh, especially with the form they've both been in. Okay. Uh, Leicester City hosting Manchester United. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. poor Lester um they're just skidding and a team that's skidding is very hard to bet with and to go with so with that I think they have the ability to probably catch United on the counter Jamie Vardy likes to come out especially against the top six teams and play them well so I would expect a goal from him realistically if he's if he's playing um I just think United to our point like I'm assuming Ole has heard the the Ferguson comments, and he will probably play his best 11 realistically. Um, that being said, I think United probably win the game 2-1. So, Yeah, I'm going to go with United here as well. They, United haven't drawn back-to-back games in, in like all competitions combined in, in a very long time. I don't see that streak breaking. I think they're going to narrowly squeak by a, a somewhat floundering Leicester City. I agree. Uh, I think, man, you definitely, um, it also doesn't help for Leicester to my knowledge. Uh, and Didi's still out with an injury until mm. it looks like November. Mm. And I think he's basically the, be the one guy as a rock in front of that back four that could hold them together, especially when the defense has been slipping. Yeah. So definitely took man. You um, is Vron still out for them too, though. I think he's, I think he was playing 
Did he play in the nation? I don't think. Actually, no, he didn't. I don't think he did. No, I think he's still out for a little bit. I don't even know if he has a return date or not. It's something with the uh, abductor, like kind of in the groin range and stuff. But regardless, I'll still take Man U. I think they just have way too much firepower, especially when you add in, uh, I don't know, that guy, Ronaldo. That guy. That guy. <laughs> All right. Onward to Manchester City and Burnley. How are we feeling, Mike, about your boy, the red or the bald red? I don't know. What, what's he got going on? He's got a beard, a red beard, beard. red beard. Red Baron. <laughs> yeah. Sean Dice, for anybody who doesn't know who we're talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, they're playing, yeah. You know, they had that 0-0 draw against Norwich. Um, they're coming up against a Man City team in full throttle just after having a pretty big tie against Liverpool in Anfield. Probably feeling pretty jacked up. Maybe they have some tired legs from the international break. Who knows? But the way in the form City have been in, I just don't see Man City not walking away as 2-0 or 3-0 or, God forbid, even worse winners. So... I'm going to go pretty bold here. I'm going to say City. <laughs> I got really excited right there. I was like, it is bold predictions. And if it was if it was in the snow, I'd be like Burnley in the snow every day of the week, but <laughs> not this time. If Burnley can somehow make it to halftime with a nil-nil game going on, I think it'll be interesting. I see City scoring within the first eight minutes. Wow. That's a hell Twice. of a... <laughs> just once just once twice in the first 12 maybe um i, I know i see them pulling an early goal and it, i i think it might i might turn into a route and i feel bad for burnley because yeah but going forward they just they don't they don't have enough firepower to keep up with uh man city at home so poor guys i know i love i love burnley too like i, I would say outside of chelsea they're probably my favorite team in the premier league i just love the club the way it's run the way they're managed and the fan base is incredible but well, I'm not anywhere else. near that kind of love level on them. We, we know, we know, we know Mike is with, with Sean over just, there. Yeah, yeah. Just Sean Dice. The rest of Burnley, I, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm picturing Mike's closet kind of like a Helga from Hey Arnold. It's a shrine, but it's Sean Dice. Is that the football what, head? What, it's just, it's uh, just like a baseball. like a Chucky doll, but like. Sean Dice is the next Newcastle manager if we had to bet on it. Sean Ooh, ooh, <laughs> okay. That'll never happen. No. They don't have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting, though. M- moving on, though, we got uh, Norwich hosting Brighton. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I-, I think it's Brighton. They're in too good a form. Yeah, I would agree. Brighton are in pretty pretty flying form for the Seagulls. Pun totally intended. Um, I think they probably walk away 1-0, maybe 2-1. But um, yeah, Brighton and Grand Potter hasn't playing well. So, all right, it is bold predictions. Uh, I will take a draw for Norwich. Uh, I thought they looked a little better against Burnley than they have against the rest of the league, and we pulled off the first their first point. I think they're going to use that momentum. Uh, Cantwell's back. Listen, you, sure, you listen. sure you want to say that? You sure you want to think about it, that? Steve? I do. No, no, no. I, I want to say the standings say are getting tight, Steve. Every decision matters, Steve. <laughs> You guys can shut up now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Norwich get, the, get it there, uh, second point down the board. Brighton's been killing it in terms of beating the teams they're supposed to be beating uh, this year. I just don't see that lasting. I think maybe they have a step backwards. Okay. Uh, next up, Southampton hosting Leeds. 
Yes, on the South Coast, too, and I'm going to stick with the South team. I'll take Southampton for this one. I like them. I, I, Leeds are obviously not playing to the Leeds we saw last year. We've talked about that you know, enough times in this show, so I'm not going to get too much into that. But I like I liked Southampton. I like the way they play. They grind out the draws where they get them. They've come back a couple times. Yeah, they've gotten their ass whooped once or twice, too, obviously. But I think this is a game in, in, that they come out swinging, and they're going to take this one. I'm taking a win. To your point, Southampton has been grinding out the draws and Leeds have been doing what they don't normally do, and that's getting a lot of draws. And because of that, I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. I just don't see a winner in this game with okay. that in mind. Uh, all right, I guess we got three different predictions here. I'm going to go with a Leeds win. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought they looked extremely good like and looked like themselves last year in their last game. So I'm going to take them going forward Southampton could have nicked something off Chelsea in that second half and they were very close to before that red card so it's not going to be an easy game uh probably like two two one leads maybe three one if uh Southampton's pushing forward trying to get an equalizer then the uh primetime game on Saturday we got Brentford hosting Chelsea I can't Should wait to see this game. potential game of the week yeah it really is uh, it's hard it's hard to bet against Chelsea but Brentford have been playing out of their skulls against the quote-unquote big six or any team that conceivably should be winning those games in, you know, the neutral supporters' minds. I don't – I think Brentford is going to give them a game. I think it's going to be very, very similar to the Southampton game where Chelsea might come out strong in the first 20 minutes or so but kind of fall to the wayside, and Brentford's really going to pick that up and take it to them, especially on their home turf. But ultimately, I think the outcome will be the same. I think a little bit of quality is going to shine through. I mean, you're talking about table toppers, European champions, and they're going to, I think they're going to find a way to nick it like a 2 1. I'd agree. I think the quality will outshine Brentford, not to say that they won't put up a great fight. Um, but I think Chelsea just have too much, both on the starting 11 and on the bench itself, to not nick a winner. So. Uh, I don't know if I want to jinx my boys or just take the draw here. All right, I already marked you for a draw. What's up? I already marked you for a draw. All right, it's down. <laughs> Sucks to suck for me. Okay, next up, Everton hosting West Ham on Sunday. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one, but I go Everton. I I love the way Everton's playing this year. I think they're arguably one of the. I can't believe I'm saying this because it's Rafa Benitez, but I think they're one of the best coach teams in the league at the moment. Um, everything they're doing just seems to be coming off for the most part. I mean, they were a little lucky not to get that win against Manchester United, too, in my opinion. Okay, why, why do you say why do you say that about Rafa though? Like he's usually typically like a, a drill sergeant. I feel like I feel, uh, most of his teams are really his. Line he he very, is. Very you're well you're right, and I I just didn't expect his impact to be what it is this early on. Okay. You always see you always see a bit of a learning curve with the manager. Like it doesn't matter what I mean. Outside of like a Thomas Tuchel who came into Chelsea, who had an immediate bounce. You usually get that on the sack. But when a new manager comes in for a, for the year at the beginning of the season, you don't see that typical. Just we're at the top and we're going to be here. And you just feel like they they could be. Like this feels like a little bit of a different Everton to previous seasons where they've started well and then maybe drift away because of fatigue or you know lack of well, lack of depth and uh injuries and whatnot like this Everton side to me seems like a team who can keep this up the way West Ham kept it up last year if it was a different year where the top four I, I don't think we're just so far ahead of all the other teams I could easily see them sneaking into a Champions League spot I just think yeah. it's out of I think it's out of everyone else's reach besides those top four this year unfortunately but I agree 
Um, I'm gonna take a two-two draw here. It just feels like it's got goals written all over it. Both teams like to attack and go forward. I think it's be a very open game, actually, even for Rafa Benitez's side. So, and then West Ham just it's end to end usually. Yeah, I would take a, a one-one draw in this as well. I don't see a winner coming out of this game, but it'll pre- be pretty entertaining. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. On to Newcastle hosting Tottenham. Oof. First game. It always falls under Spurs' lap like this. Something happens. Out of, uh, uh, do they have the bounce, the Newcastle bounce with the new owners? It's going to be rocking at that, try, I think, there at St. James. Yeah. They sold out, apparently, trying to impress their new owners to make sure they don't get sold off to some team in <laughs> Qatar. To the uh, lowest bidder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. The only player who, who can stay on that team is St. Maximin, realistically, but... I, I don't know. Um, it'll be an interesting game, definitely. There'll be a lot of hype, a lot of nerves, a lot of coverage. I want to say a Tottenham win, but something inside of me is saying that Newcastle is going to somehow itch a point out. And because of that, I'm still going to say a Tottenham win, even though I'm, I'm going on record. Loyal <laughs> until the bitter fucking end, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did the opposite. See, I picked a draw so they do win. Just saying, I'll take I'll take the embarrassment for my team. That's all. You're taking the draw, Steve. Here. Oh, this time I was, I was going to take the draw regardless. I actually, I honestly do think Newcastle. Just the, the atmosphere, everything going on. I think. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like they. I don't. I, I can't see how they lose. They could also get rocked like four nil. That <laughs> could be that. Yeah, game. it's very possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, it's going one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I'll t- I'll t- I'll take the one like a one one draw or something along Shit. those lines. All right, I'll go. I'll go with three different scenarios then here. I'll take the Newcastle win. I think that that new owner bounce is going to be tremendous. Harry Kane's got to be sitting there thinking, ah, shit, should have went to Newcastle. Should have went to Newcastle. <laughs> Harry Kane to Newcastle? Could it happen? Follow in Alan Shearer's footsteps? Maybe. Who knows? Or Holland breaking records over there? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then uh, last up on the weekend, I think it's a Monday night game actually too. Arsenal is hosting Crystal Palace who are grinding out results right now. Mm-hmm. I think this is where it stops. I have a draw for this game. I'm going yeah, to consider that a result. But... Yeah, for Crystal Palace, a result. I think they're going to get one more than a draw and I think they actually grind out a win against Arsenal. I think Palace has been teetering on that edge and they've been playing really well. And we've been complimenting them for the past couple of weeks. They've been really pushing themselves. And I think this is the game where they put it together against a top six, the quote unquote top six team and Arsenal. They've been, you know, they kind of had that little slump after, you know, the North London Derby against Brighton. Um, I think Crystal Palace are a team playing with no fear. So mm-hmm. I, I think they come in and really bring it to them. Okay. Steve, the- Ah, uh, Mike had to bring up that slump. I was all in on Arsenal right there too. I'm still gonna take him for the win at home. I, they, I think, that, yeah, I think the Brighton game may have just been a little lip uh, or a little blimp on the radar there. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna take them getting all three points in this one, and, and not by not any means easy. I think Crystal Palace gives an absolute game. It, it might even just be a late winner, one nothing, kind of something along those lines. All right, mark them down, boys. Ten for ten this week. See, if you have, I'm just going to point it out. You have five draws this week out of 10 matches. You think half the games are going to draw? Listen, all I'm saying is that is bold predictions. Break, it happens. I mean, you also force fed one down my throat. I don't think I was going to go Chelsea win until you literally just told me, like, fuck you. <laughs> I, was, I was only kidding. I already switched it over. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, t- I'm sticking with it now. All right. 
Don't throw bad juju at us. All right, I'm taking that. half the points if you if you nail that one. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Commission, Absolutely. baby. Absolutely absurd. What um we got you know go through our final thoughts real quick prediction updates uh, we got me and Mike tied uh, Vito and Vito in second I guess really last realistically um <laughs> what are the uh, point totals on that you and Mike at thirty three and I at thirty two yeah you're in last yeah until this week baby uh, chill over it's a draw fest um, <laughs> what what other guys what other things you have to uh, kind of touch upon anything else no none for me man it was it's it's been an eventful week. Uh, Wishing the national team the best of luck on Wednesday. Hopefully they can uh, pull it out. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be quite the feat. Let's see what the Baralter is able to come up with. I feel like we say it every time that the roster drop, like the hour before the game is the most anticipated that it's always been. And every time I'm like, mm, will Greg lose his job? Yeah. Will Greg lose his job? <laughs> I think at this question, it's more of a when. Yeah, that's, very fair. I, that's, that's yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they beat the older Ticos. Uh, Taylor Navas, though, at least in that last game, he was looking pretty good, and he's looking still like a spry cat that he is. So mm-hmm. It's a good we'll thing say. we got our new god in front of net, Ricardo Pepe. So Yeah. Go U.S. That'll do it for us on this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the bell to our YouTube channel. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets, updates about the show, world football, Premier League, United States men's national team. I'm your host, Steve, with Vito and Mike, signing off.